Missouri against the Nissan. Makes a nice move in across the line. Drops it back. Connecting. Connecting. Got the shot. They score! Oscar Lindblom buries it. And the power play goal ties this game in two. This is episode 52 of the Liberty O. I am Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo back again As with always. no Flyers hockey going on. It's, it's awful. It feels like we just got back to it. We were just excited. We made our episodes screaming about our, our excitement of the return of hockey, and it's gone just like that. You knew it was coming. Uh, I called it in the, a couple episodes ago, dude. Like it, it was just a matter of when, not if. I mean, it's like, it's like that South Park meme. Just and it's gone. And it's and yeah, seriously, that's really how I felt. I mean, I was at work and I saw the text, like the the rumors about the. Washington game getting canceled, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there like, okay, this, this Ranger game probably isn't happening, and then like that got canceled, and then the Lake Tahoe rumors start coming out, and you're like, Jesus fuck, you're like, can this just end? I mean, recently, I know, like, I, I know Drew and Braun were just added, so I mean, ho- pray for nobody else to get added, and they can ho- hopefully start practicing on Monday. But yeah, I mean, no Flyers hockey. Voracek and Frost, right? And Voracek and Frost, yeah, they just got added as well. Don't know what's up. Like, I don't know how Frost got it. Yeah, that's, was... a, that's what everyone was saying on the timeline last night. It was like, how the hell is Frost, is Frost around the team? And that's what I was saying. I was like, I, I was under the impression like he's playing Warzone at at the house. Like yeah, he's just he's just too. chilling like in a cast after surgery, just vibing out. But no, he's I guess he's with the team. Like he's already tape. had his surgery, right? Yeah. I mean, so he, I mean, he was in a hospital, so that's very well could be could be that. I mean, it could be a completely yeah. different situation. I don't want to say anything about it but yeah frost had it uh Voracek, I, I i don't know like we don't know if these guys have it, it it's just protocol it, it, it could be close contact it could be anything like that so not going to make the assumption that these these dudes have COVID, but hopefully they're as safe as they possibly can you know drew has a baby braun has a kid too so i don't know about Voracek. <laughs> definitely no frost doesn't have no kid so Voracek does have a kid he does have a kid there so yeah. just Hope these guys are just being as safe as they possibly can. I know. I know the NHL is trying their. I know they just implemented daily testing. I don't know why that wasn't in the. Yeah, that was my first reaction to that too. I was, I was like, yeah. what the fuck? How like, is that not in the plans to begin with? Like, not not only the fact that like it just it just makes everything go easier. Your sport is inside in the cold, where this shit is easily transmittable, and and it's it, a lot more than it would in football. So how, how isn't daily testing already? Why wasn't that? Plan A. In no, they had of, daily testing. It's, they just didn't have the rapid Oh, uh, rapid one. testing. I'm sorry, not daily testing. That, that's what I meant. Why was the rapid testing not in, like, day one of the plans is, is Agreed, like, my first reaction. Weren't they it. about to buy, like, a, a $30 million shipment of fucking vaccines, like, for their <laughs> players? Like, how, how can you do that and then not not rapid test yeah, at, the, at, at Voorhees? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that, that just didn't make sense to me when yeah, I saw it. NHL is notorious for, for not making sense at all, but... Like you just said, I don't know how you. I mean, like they got shit for that, <laughs> for like stepping ahead and like purchasing vaccines. Uh, I know the NBA. Adam Silver said he didn't want to do that, but then like the little problems they went through, he said that he was thinking about it. But like, like you said, how do you not have rapid testing? Like just to start, especially with this kind of sport that is played in the cold indoors. I don't know. Like just do both. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do everything you possibly can. Better safe can. than sorry. Yeah. A lot of people are depending on it. And people have jobs. You know what I mean? It's just a lot, bro. It's a business. You got to like run it as safe as possibly can. So I guess we can just get into the last hockey we've saw since we've last recorded. Um, yeah. We'll touch on the Boston series first because that was a hot topic. And there was a lot of panic 
on the timeline, especially after the second game. Yeah, there was so much it. panic on this. Yeah, I know. I had. I honestly had to stay off Twitter that night and kind of go into it with a level <laughs> head the next. No, sometimes I have to do. Oh, that. I know you do. Yeah. Like losses get that. Like especially that four three loss when Bergeron scored it. Oh, I was yeah. so bitter. I like I just could not go on Twitter. And then like the takes on Twitter just put you further into a mood, bro. Like I can't stand the the, the takes on Twitter after we lose a game. I know, like everyone's like, oh, like that. That's because like everyone panic. was har- everyone was harping on the fact like, oh, but the record's good, and like they lose a couple of games. Everyone's like, oh, well, the record's not so good, is it? I'm like, no, it's it's still pretty good. Like we're still in second place. Like we're still fine. It's a I, it's a game. It's two games. You just don't. I mean, I agreed with the with the argument that if the Flyers kept playing the way they did, that it might not last all season. I mean, it's not a, like a, a recipe to win. But like for for the people that for the first what ten games of the season where they were playing like shit and winning games for you to be like hey the process is shit this isn't sustainable and then for the complete opposite to happen after those games like the three four games especially the, and then, and then the you Islands, cry wolf yeah yeah and then you cry wolf and say oh the pro- um the process is good but we're losing game and then you still bitch like which one is it like make your mind up like uh, like the team isn't gonna come out every game and look their best but it's just so annoying bro it really is like which one is it like <laughs> pick your poison seriously i thought we played well in those two games against boston obviously like when you blow a lead and lose a game like that stings yeah you don't want that to happen like obviously players are gonna have their heads down in the press interviews and fans are obviously gonna be upset about that but like you have to be able to take it like look how we played in that caps game yeah. That Caps game honestly awesome. was so telling to me because after losing two straight games against Boston to go on the road and have Ovechkin dagger you with highlight real plays the entire game and you still persevere with seven goals and a win, that is freaking huge, dude. And yeah, like yeah. The, I, that told me everything I need to know. Like Kutz's return, it was like we. How did people sit back and tell us that? A yeah. Selkie winner returning from injury wouldn't provide that big of a difference. And, and not only how did how did we sit back and listen to that bullshit, but how did we sit back? And and no, not us, but how did people like let that shit like linger? Like that was on the timeline for a while, bro. Like I saw that shit like trickling down the timeline as Coots was out for that extent. Like the more Coots was out, the more it was like, oh, how how much better is the team with like with Coots back in the lineup? Newsflash: a lot better, a lot better. Even if he's playing fourth line fucking minutes, bro. Like, you saw what he does. He just does everything. All the little things. He just does so well. And to go back on that. The Boston point about how you cry wolf about how the process is shit the first ten games and the, but they're still winning games. What do they have to do? You know what I mean? Like I I just don't understand the the complaints with that. I I really don't because like the argument was that, that they need to play better. They need to play better. And nobody was arguing against that. They did, but they were still winning games. But like if you're still if if you're watching the same hockey games I'm watching. They're, like the process has improved dr- like dramatically s- since the first eight ten games of the season. Very much so. Yeah, they lost a couple tight games, but the process in which everyone's been bitching about to improve has improved. So let's calm the fuck down a little bit. Like you said, we're still uh, still winning games, still second in the East, tied uh, two points behind Boston. They're nine one and two, or eight three and two. Like, let's calm the fuck down here, bro. And Coots, I love it. He's playing fourth line minutes, but like his literally his first shift, you see his impact. He takes the puck first into the shift. corner, really dude on his back. He shoves him off, 
throws the puck around, like, and just keeps the puck, like, settles it down in the offensive zone, like, what he does so well. And and then he gets bumped up, and, like, this is my favorite part of it all. Third period, AV's like, you good to go, A? And he, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he bumps him up. And he scores immediately. Yeah. He bumps him up. That like people the had the shift, nerve to tell me. The first shift on the third period, it was him, Raffle, and Voracek. They came out buzzing, bro. Absolutely fucking buzzing. And then not only did he look good all period, I mean all game, he comes he, he comes in that late that third period and scores that that empty net goal. Shrugs that dude off with the little rib injury he has going. Still, still puts that dude on his back and, and, and scores from all the way down the ice, bro. That dude's an absolute fucking... He, like, he's a Selkie winner. Like, how did people sit there and say that he him coming back would not help this team at all? Agreed. More, more importantly, he helped shut down the game defensively with that one-goal lead. Like, we, I know we made it 6-4 with, like, two minutes to go, but, like, there was that long 17-minute stretch where it was a one-goal game in the third, and having him there, that calming presence, was huge because, like we saw at home against Boston, we had a lead and we blew it. Yeah. Because we had no shutdown guy to match up with their top lines. Like, Washington has so much star power. They're, they're a very good team. They're playing and, extremely well. And Danny, the, the arguably the greatest goal scorer of all time, has a good game. And people go into fucking a frenzy the first two periods, bro. Like, we, like, we still won that fucking game. Like, if you were to go on Twitter and tell people while they were freaking out that the Flyers came out of that game with a W, like, you, you would not think that looking at the, the takes on Twitter, bro. It's so frustrating to see. Like, I don't think it was this bad last year, was it? I mean, I know the, the team was a lot better last year and, and, and playing a lot better than they are now. I still think that team is, is somewhere <laughs> deep down inside. But like, even when we lost games last year, and even like the close games we lost, it just didn't seem this toxic, bro. And I think that has a lot to do with just like the, there's so much more stress yeah. in every ass, facet of life this year. And I just think everyone's on edge. So, like, you're already having a bad day, bad year. Then your, ho- like, then your thing, hockey team shits yeah, the bed. Yeah, hockey team shits the bed. And so, like, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I get, I it. get it too. And, like, there was a couple points in the, the start of the season where where I'm sure we were bitching and we were over text. But nothing, nothing like, drastic, like, blow things out of proportion kind of nah. thing. Like, let this team go. Like, JVR is playing out of his fucking mind right now. He's probably been the best flyer. No, nah, not probably. He has been the best flyer this year, hands down. He's been – he has 10 points in his last five games, bro. Oh, my God. Dude. He, he's been the best flyer. He's been my, like, outside of Faraby, obviously, my favorite flyer this year. And we'll get him more into those two in one second. I, I just want to make one point real yeah. quick to finish off this whole – uh stop freaking out thing mm-hmm. and the stop overreacting. We said going into this year, because you play the same highly contested opponent so much that they're going to figure you out and they're going to be tight games and they're going to go to overtime. There's going to be blown leads. Like it's always going to come down to the wire and it's going to be tight knit. And that's exactly what we've seen so far with this division. But the Flyers have fared well. Like I'm just like looking at it right now. All right. So we are 0 and four against Boston. One and zero against Washington. 2-0 against the Islanders, 2-0 against Pittsburgh, 2-0 against New Jersey, 1-1 against Buffalo. Like, 1-0-1. Wait, no, no, we got blown out that one game, 1-1. Yeah. So, like, what are we really complaining about here? Most All of our losses have come to Boston. That's, yeah. Like, that's just what it is. And gotta I get it. Like, you, Boston out. <laughs> yeah, and I get it. Like, you got to figure them out because you're going to see them in the playoffs. Like, you're going to see them down the line. And yeah. I know that. I'm just saying, like, it's game 13. And we're in second yeah. place. If you go on FanDuel to bet us to make the playoffs, it's like minus five hundred. Like we're we're pretty much solidifying our spot with the way we're we're coming along here. Yeah, you said it last episode, bro. Like 
previous years, like we do not start out this well. And I know the games haven't been pretty, but I mean, like this, the points are still the points that we have, and the place that we have in the standings is just still the place that we have. And the start that we have this year is really going to help out towards the end of the year. I mean, 56 games, it's already a shortened schedule, so you have to take the points how you can get them. I don't give a fuck if we get shot out, shot out, shot 250 to three, bro. As long as those, as long as we scored two, two out of those three times. I mean, like the Flyers aren't taking like they're last in the league in shots per game but i mean they're making the chances that they're getting the high scoring danger areas that they're shooting from are going in like they're 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 capitalizing on the chances that they're getting so i mean can we i mean like yeah the shots have to go up no no doubt about it you can't be the fucking last team in the league in shots but the shots that they are getting the high danger chances that they're 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 sitting in it's working so far it has i mean we're second in the east right now so Games have picked up. The play has gotten a little better since the, uh, the first 10 games. Let, let's take a little breather here. Let's get healthy, get back on the ice, and, and see where we're at. Offense just comes too easy to this team. I, I think more so this year than any year since 2012. Seriously, like even more than last year. Offense to this team, I feel like last year's team was just a lot better defensively, especially with the forward group, like helping out in, in their own end and stuff yeah. like that. And they, they, while they were great offensively, like they would, they would freewheel and score a lot of goals in games. I feel like this year, like the fact that they've been outplayed so much and they're still scoring, just goes to show to their offensive prowess, dude. Like, and I think it really starts with the JVR and uh, Farabee connection. I know they were broken up for a little bit, though, right? Yeah, they did get broken up for a little bit, which I'm not advocating for at all. Like they've that line, him, JVR, Farabee, and Lawton have been fucking awesome, bro. Last couple, of really years. have, like, dude. And honestly, let's just get into to Farabee right yeah. now. I mean, six goals, six assists, 12 points in the last 13 games. Kid's 20 years old. He's a huge part of this team's future, man. I mean, we've been saying it since we drafted him. It's He's a stud. Seven points in his last five games, four goals, three assists. I mean, you, you called it. You said it after last year ended. Breakout uh, Farabee uh, year two, and it's looking pretty good so far. Dude, he's a point-per-game player right now. Yeah. And – Against hard competition too, like it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for these numbers to to, to stay like this, to stay on pace. His numbers are also very skewed because like like he does score in like bunches. So like some games he doesn't score at all, and then he'll have like a three assist or three goal game, and then like his uh, stats go up. But I'll tell you why I think that's so big for this team though, yeah, this team and then why it. that's big for him. I think it's big for us to get that kind of guy to put up those points and bunches like that because i feel like we have a lot of guys that put up points consistently like i feel like Voracek, Giroux, and hayes we don't really see them like having those explosive like four point or even like hat trick nights anymore like we you're just not going to see that but they'll consistently get you like a point or two points a game like maybe one on the power play a game or something like that i think it's good to mix in a guy that can bang three home absolutely i mean like the depth on this team is awesome bro i mean it really is you have a guy like fair who can come in and, and score the kind of goals that he has he had beautiful that, goals beautiful goals he had one goal three assists in that first game against pittsburgh and then he didn't score again until that january 26th game in New Jersey, he had that goal. And then after that, he didn't uh, score again until the game in New York against the Islanders January 31st. He had that hat trick. So they're coming in spurts, but like like you just said, they're, they're coming at the, the right time. I mean, they're, they're coming at the times where, I mean, I think his first hat, the, the one hat trick he had against the Islanders, it was the only three goals we had or four goals. I think uh, Hayes had the overtime winner that, yeah. that game. 
it, but, it won it won us the game. Yeah, they're coming like they're coming at the exact right times where like we need where we need it and. It's and awesome. his uh, one goal against Boston should have won us the game. That one yeah. laser uh, one timer to go up three one. That should have been the best his dagger. His shot is fucking disgusting, bro. Like I knew his shot was good coming out, but I didn't think it was this. Like I, I, I really didn't think it was this lethal. I mean, like it's not even developed yet. He's that's what I was gonna say. I didn't think it would be this good this no, fast. That's no, what I'm gonna say. Absolutely not. Like, I did not think he'd be this kind of player at all this quick. Like, I did not like. I thought he'd be like the down low in your face, like score those goals, like the goal he scored last year before the season got canceled uh, against Buffalo, where the the goalie just gave it up right in front and he just tapped it in. Like those are the kind of goals where I thought he was really gonna start out his career doing the first, like honestly, the first three, four, five years. But I mean, he's getting the puck, turning around and putting it top right, like his second year in the league. So uh, the sky's the, the sky's the limit with him. And then you got Frost too. So it's. It's exciting, man. Like, this team's got a lot of fucking talent. So, I don't know how people can sit there and tell me we lost the Braden <laughs> Shen, we lost the Braden Shen trade when, one, the oh, jury is God. still out on Get the Morgan fuck Frost here, and Joel Farabee. Two, Farabee has more points than Shen right now. He does. And, and how, he's 20. Not even that. Like, how are you going to call a trade when when the when the two assets, the, the two real assets you got for that trade, not going to act like, like, like Yuri Letera was a... An actual asset we got back. When the two assets you got back in that trade are twenty and twenty-one years old, how could you say that? And like you just said, the one kid who's playing right now has more fucking points than Brandon Shannon. And I know everyone's gonna say, "Oh, oh, Brandon Shannon has a cup. Brandon Shannon has a cup." Okay, yeah, he has a cup. Like that was a great fucking run for the St. Louis Blues. Not acting like uh, like Shen put the Blues on his back and won the Stanley Cup for them. He was a great piece to that team. He was a great piece in that run. Yes, it was awesome. Brady Shen's a great hockey player. Nobody's arguing that. But for anybody to sit on any kind of social media platform and say that the Flyers have officially lost this trade is is the most asinine thing I have ever heard in my life, man. It it, it really is. It, it's just for attention at that point. Like really, like if that's really what you think. Then I don't know what to tell you. Like the the two assets they got back from for Shen are fucking twenty and twenty one years old. <laughs> like what? I'll tell you what I think it it really does stem from. I think Flyers fans in general really just loved that Blues team and what they were about. First off, Flyers fans in general love Ryan O'Reilly. They wanted Ryan O'Reilly. He's on that team. Flyers fans loved the like what Craig Berube brought to the lineup when he played for the team. Like the fights, the yeah. hits. Like that they they love the whole. Like Braden Shed on that team, they loved like the way they wore teams down with physicality and defense. Yeah, Flyers fans, I think, just fell in love with that team and have to realize like that ain't us, man. <laughs> Braden Shen, it, it he doesn't score big Stanley Cup Finals goals in Philadelphia in 2019. We don't get there that year. We just don't. Like it, it, look at the trade, Dan. The trade, the St. Louis was looking for that one piece to put them into the cup, like like the the one solid forward to to to. To throw them into cup contention, the Flyers had fucking Hextall, who 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 wanted draft picks, draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. So that's what the trade was for. It's not like the Flyers were like, "Ooh, let me trade Braden Shen because Braden Shen is shit." Hextall was like, "Let me trade this player who was good right now and get really good value out of him, and maybe get two players who could possibly both be better than him in the long run." 
And you have two guys right now that I'm not saying they're better than Braden Shen right now because Braden Shen is a fucking awesome hockey player. But the jury is still out on the on these two kids. Like this shit needs to stop, bro. Heck, I'll t- I don't think Hextall lost the trick. Hextall sat there at that yeah. draft or whenever he was uh, putting together this deal with the Blues. I, he sat there and he thought to himself, like, yeah, Braden Shen is a great hockey player with yes. value right now, and I want to ship him. But the windows don't align. They don't yes, align. Yes, like, that's like, by the time Farabee and Frost would be coming up into their prime, the Flyers would finally be in a position to contend for a Stanley Cup. What, what would be the point of having Braden Shen on some mediocre 8th seed teams for a couple of years, then just to give him another huge payday when he's, like, 30, 31 years old? And then it's, like, that was a great trade, in my opinion. Yeah, there's I, a reason why you got fucking two first-round picks for him. Like, you're not trading away a shitty player. Nobody's arguing that. But the hope was... To turn, like you said, the windows didn't align. The Flyers weren't competing for a Stanley Cup at the time. Are you fucking kidding me? In 2017, the Flyers were not competing for a Stanley Cup. So you trade Braden Shen away. You get two first-round draft picks that you turned in the Joel Farabee and Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost is hurt right now, made the team out of camp. And Joel Farabee is second on the team in points right now. Like, what are we talking about? Like... It's not like, <laughs> I don't know, Dan. <laughs> Let's not waste too much energy on it, bro. It's kind of laughable at this point. It really is, dude. Like, no and one's arguing Braden Shen's not good. No one's arguing that Braden Shen wouldn't have brought value to this team if he oh, 100%. stayed on it. No I would love Braden Shen that. on this hockey team right now. He, yeah, Especially dude. with the way he throws hits. He's good. His physicality. I would love him on this hockey team. I really would. I just don't think. Well, I, I, say, I can't say yet that we've lost this trade. No. I think we. I actually think in the long run we, we're going to win this trade. I think we are, too. I, I, we, when Farabee and Frost are 25-26, I'll come back and have this conversation. I will gladly admit that I'm wrong if I'm wrong. If, oh, if, sure. if we come back, if we come back and, and, and Morgan Frost and, and Joel Farabee turn out to be just okay NHL players and, and, and fucking Shen adds another Stanley Cup potentially, then yeah, I'll sit on here and, and say I'm wrong. But right now, man, I'm, I'm nowhere near, nowhere near declaring a victor on this fucking trade, bro. Nowhere near. It's not. It's not even close. And if Braden Shen stays here, no way we have the money to sign um, Kevin Hayes. So that's that. I mean, like, it th- there's dominoes to yeah, this. You know what of, I mean? Yeah, like, it's. Just want to yeah. touch on that. We had, had to had to touch on that. <laughs> oh, for sure, had to touch on that. Uh, I see the stat right in front of me here. There have been 11 hat tricks in the NHL this season. The Flyers have three of them from Scott Lawton, Joel Faraby, Travis Konechny. One of those names this year has not been like the others. Travis Konechny has not played his no. best hockey of late, and we, th- I personally think it's a mental thing. Did, did you want to touch on this a little bit? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Before I do that, shout out to Jordan Hall for that stat. Awesome fucking stat. But the, the Konechny situation is, is, is really weird, man. I mean, since the benching, he has zero goals, zero assists, and he has a total of three shots. So... Like you, uh, I mean, we talked about it a little before the podcast started. You think it's a mental thing. You really think that in the long run, like looking looking back on it, that it was a wrong move by AB. And the more I've, the more I've been thinking about it, the the more I kind of agree. Because what did that really gain? Like, what did you gain for for, for throwing Samuel Moore in the lineup for that one game, and sitting Konechny? Like what? Now, now I don't think it's like tarnished him mentally. Like I think he'll no. be okay in the yeah. long run. But like. I've, like, listened to, uh, like, spitting chicklets and stuff, and, like, former players and coaches have all said that you do that to players that you think respond the best. You do that to guys in the rooms that can take it and, and res- come out the next night pissed off and give you two goals. It, it doesn't seem like Konechny responded well to it. I'm not saying, like, he, he, he didn't pout at all. He didn't say anything bad. No. Like, he, he handled it like a professional. I just think maybe, maybe he thought... 
that he wasn't playing as bad as AV thought, and then when that benching happened, he's like, maybe I am playing like shit, and then maybe he's starting to overthink yeah. it. That, 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 that's what I think, because he wasn't as invisible as he is now to start the year. No. It just wasn't. No, no, you know, you're, you're, you're completely right. I mean, the, the, the three games after his benching, he had a couple of play. I mean, he, he missed Limblom on that breakout. Yeah, that, I remember that one. That, that, that you could have hit. He had a play on the power play where he just like, let the puck go by him, and then he just didn't. He just lazily got back. Like he didn't even try to skate to, on and and try to get in on the forecheck. Pretty sure Dan Silver on Twitter tweeted a video of that out. Yeah, but like, he, he's not playing. I mean, it's funny because it's kind of like the same way the Flyers started the season out. I mean, Konechny started the season out playing well, but not getting any goals, and then he like now it's he's not playing well and not getting any goals. So. I don't know what's up with him. You think it's the benching? I don't know. I I really don't. I think he's gonna break out of it because I think Konechny's too skilled of a player to to stay in this kind of uh, whatever the fuck this, this funk that he's in right now. But there's no argument here that he's playing like shit right now. I mean, even on the forechecking, even on like the back checking, the neutral zone play is just not not up to par. I mean, I'm sure AV's not happy about it, but. Konechny was one of those guys that I felt like always made the right play. Like, if you see him with the puck and then you see an open man at the point, you're like, oh, that's going to get to him. There's going to be a shot on goal. But, like, it feels like he's just an inch off. Like, he's just missing missing everything just by an inch. Yeah, he started the season out, like, doing all the little things right, playing good hockey, just and the shots weren't going in. Now it's kind of flipped. Now he's not really doing those little things. Now he's not really hustling. And obviously, if you're not doing those things, the goals are not going to come. The assists are not going to come. And that's what we've seen. I mean, he's a minus one. I know I hate hate throwing that plus minus stat out there, but like I, like zero goals and zero assists from Travis Konechny is in since that benching is unacceptable. It really is. Like he needs to step the fuck up. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially when you're playing with the line mates that he usually gets to play with. Yeah. It's it's not like he's playing like those years like <laughs> Giroux yeah. would be on a line with like some scrub players. It ain't the case now. Like yeah. it's just like you're not playing with Matt Reed. Like Matt Reed, I'm sure <laughs> Matt Reed was a great player when he was here. His first year, <laughs> yeah, his first, rookie yeah, year was yeah, crazy. Yeah. But like the like, first two years, he was good. Like you're not playing with with those players anymore. Like every line on this team can go. And there's no excuses. No excuses. So the NHL is looking maybe to replace uh, the Flyers yeah. in the Lake Tahoe game. Honestly, like we talked about it, like who gives a fuck, bro? Like I, I don't, don't care, care where the games play. Like, I just want to watch a fucking hockey game at this point. Like I, I really don't care that we don't get that game. Like it would have been cool and all. Would have yeah. been good for the brand, I'm sure. I'm sure, the front office of the Flyers not happy, but like I don't care. Like I just want to watch hockey. Honestly, I just want to watch the Flyers play. Um, I've been seeing some reports that like. But there's been so many complications with COVID and postponements, and they think that eventually down the line the NHL is going to have to go to points percentage because the teams oh, are going to yeah. end up having not the same amount of games played as each other, and um, it's that seemed like the case because if you look at the dates, dude, like where can you really make up these games? Yeah. No, I that was something that I was going to bring up later in the episode. They're definitely like this is definitely going to end with the NHL looking at point percentage 100 percent because this like you said in an already shortened kind of season 56 games it's gonna be really hard to to throw these makeup games in there i mean maybe they maybe they just delay the start of the postseason and just wait and get these games in i don't know what they do but i definitely think there's a scenario where they just look at point percentage for sure and that sucks because we've already only had 56 and now it looks like we're about to have a less 
But I mean, it would just be good to get hockey back at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, miss I don't watching, even. Yeah, I miss watching hockey, bro. Flyers hockey, bad. Seriously, and like I was really excited to for the game against the Rangers coming up, man. To see how we fare against yeah. them. Just say because they're they're playing pretty pretty good hockey right now. Flyers Devils last two games in, in New Jersey were fun. I would have liked to have seen those games in Philadelphia this week. <laughs> how, how how annoying is Jack Hughes going to be for the next ten years of our lives? I don't even want to think about it. Farabee's going to be quite annoying, too. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. something I've gathered from, <laughs> from that. And he plays New Jersey well, too, bro. His first goal does, came yeah. against New Jersey. I Carter Hart's going to be a menace against New Jersey. And, yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about this. It, it was really nice for Patrick to get that goal against New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, he, it hasn't since, but We said it right away. As soon as he said it, like, it's just that much sweeter that it's against New Jersey. It, really know, it always will be. Oh, Any, anything anything Nolan does against New Jersey will just be would be amazing for us. I mean, he has zero points in his last five games. He has nothing. no, I know. Yeah, he he has not looked the way he looked to start the year. No, but I, I think you're starting to see that rust. I think you're starting yeah. to see the fact that he had, he didn't play for all those for that year and a half. And I think that's why like there's you, there's no one really like getting on his ass. Him or Limblon, like in the media, not yet. You know, like I saw some comments some on time. Twitter, but. But you're always going to see shit like that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, like you said, it's a rust thing. Like, week of training camp, no like, preseason, and what they went through, I mean. You know how I know, I, it's, a, you know how I know it's a rust thing? Yeah. He's overhandling the puck. He's overskating the puck. It's literally just a fucking a hands thing. It's just him him getting games under his belt. Nolan Patrick will be fine. I'm not worried about Nolan Patrick at all. No, yeah, he even looks good, like, from a two-way perspective oh, yeah, at times. Like, he Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the least, the least worried thing I am about this team right now is Nolan Patrick. Uh, I'm not worried at all about him. Yeah, and Limbaugh. I'm not worried about uh, yeah, Limbaugh no. either. He's I'm, actually, he, he looks like he's getting a lot better with every game. Actually, I'm, honestly, honestly, I'm more worried about Nicholas Albi Kubel than I am Nolan Patrick. Right now. I know uh, Albi Kubel has played, played a little bit better since I've last been on this podcast, but. I'd be a little bit more worried about him. I I, I really thought he'd he he'd come in here and give us a little bit more than what he's given us. I remember really like remember his wrist shot goals last year. Where yeah, like where's that's that what shot? I'm saying? Like the like he's not playing with the same confidence right now. Like it, it's so weird. Like I I say that right now, but then I I want to backtrack because like you watch the games and the fourth line isn't bad. Like they're in the zone, they're cycling. But that's the only thing they're doing. Like they're they're only cycling on the outside. They're getting nothing in the middle. They're not they're not getting any high danger scoring chances. I need to see the NAK of of uh <laughs> of last year, man. I, I I always think back to that that Washington game last year when he made that move right at the uh right at the blue line around the defense. I think it was around Gudis. Fucking love it. Made the move around Gudis and then fed it to to Raffle for the the cross crease goal. Like that's the kind of Nicholas Hall. All Bay Kubel that I want back, man. Like, the, like you said, like the t- the tough shot, the tenacious forecheck. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I said it last episode. Like he was dubbed as the Pitlick replacement, yeah, it's but like this games. team, <laughs> the absence of Pitlick is imminent. Though. Yeah, like, like he's playing well in Arizona right now. He's, and um, could yeah, I, I, I that's a guy like I root for. Like whenever I tune in Arizona games, yeah. something about Arizona I just like. Like Rick Tockett on that, like coaching the team with. Like I, you got to root for Arizona. I really like Clayton Keller. I, I know you know that, but yeah. Coyotes OEL are, too. Yeah, they're they're an exciting team, but I'm excited just to 
hopefully get hockey back, bro. Like, why does it feel so much longer than than it really has been since we've last watched the game? Like, I feel like I haven't watched the game in years. What the fuck? It does. It does feel long. What? <laughs> what? How many days has it been? Since, since the last game? Yeah. Because since the Washington game. Since the Washington game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, so that was on Sunday, Vengeance Friday. Game? Five days. It's been five days. Yeah, it feels like fucking ten, bro. Not fucking. Jeez. Man. I know. Hopefully we can get back to practice Monday and then Hopefully. from there we just progress forward and what would be the first eligible game for us to return post Monday? I mean what Thursday against the Rangers. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that was when we get, we have a bunch of breaks in between games after that, too. Yeah. And then after that, it's like you got to wait till Sunday and then Wednesday. Oh, my yeah. God. And then Saturday again. This is, this is, yeah. this ain't good. <laughs> yeah. Gonna have a lot of time to get some articles in. Some Articles, Cam York games. Cam, oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's nothing we got to talk about at the end of this pod. York. Dude, I, I'll get it right now. Three goals, seven assists, ten points. I mean, the kid's just a stud, man. Goes and wins gold, comes back, doesn't miss a beat with Michigan. Can't wait to watch him play next year. I hope we can go to a development camp next year. I would love to watch him play. Some sort of it. Like, anything. Like, like anything. Seriously. Literally anything. That's, like, our tradition kind of thing. We miss doing that. Dude, like, one would hope by, like, then we could. If not, shit. Yeah, fuck. It's been a long time. <laughs> I know. Bobby Brink, too. I mean, he has one goal, six assists, seven points in his nine games with Denver right now. Yeah, he started a little slow, too, right? He did. Yeah, he did. I mean, he started the – actually, the tourney, he didn't – the tourney with Brink was kind of the same thing with Connectly to start. I mean, he, he was doing all the right things, which is not finishing. And then finally, he broke out, had that two-goal game against – I think it was Russia. And he finished that tournament with uh, two goals, four assists, and he was a plus eight. So good, good things were happening when Bobby Brink was on the ice. Oh, so I, I'm looking at this uh, Sandheim stat right here, mm-hmm. and I definitely want to get into Sandheim because Dude, he did. He look was really playing good. so well before he had to go on the COVID nineteen list. He had that beautiful, that beautiful pass to Hayes when we were wearing the reverse retros against Boston. I think was that against Boston. That was an incredible game by him. Just yeah. in general, and then he had the uh, the other assist too. Yeah, on the so, second goal in mm-hmm. that game. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a two assist game that that game. I mean, he he was really starting. I mean, he was throwing himself into the uh, into the rush, stepping up in the offensive zone. I mean, he was really exerting himself, and he looked like the the Travis Sanheim that we all yeah. know that he could be. I was waiting for this. I was and waiting for him to have one of these games. <laughs> yeah, and seriously, <laughs> hopefully he can get back, but. Yeah, he was him and Myers were starting. Looked like they were getting their the little groove back from uh, that we saw from last season for that little and, bit. And then on a forward note, Lawton, Lawton too. Like Lawton was one of those guys where like we were like much like Sanheim, we were like to start the year he's kind of not been himself, not gotten in the groove of things. But towards the end, Lawton's really found his groove. That's Absolutely. Really good to see. Another guy that I always look at, and my dad said something the other day. He was like, Waffles look good all year, and I'm like. He does, but you know why he probably looks good to start? Because he played a little bit before. Didn't he go away? Yeah, he did go to Austria. Yeah, he went to Austria for a little bit, played uh, played in a couple games over there. So he was a little bit conditioned, but you always get some good games out of Raffle, baby. Like <laughs> I wish Raffle could like sign a lifetime contract with us and just stay on our first live for for the rest of his career, honestly. Yeah. Like, and then when, when awesome. he can't even do that, I wanted to just sign him a contract to like keep him in the locker room. Just to like chill, 
just to sit in there like 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 rookies will come in and be like yeah who is this guy he's not even signing the team and he just sits there fucking with them oh yeah that's we're off <laughs> it's the team mascot bro him and gritty yeah raffle's the guy dude he's fucking hilarious yeah but like you said lawton four game uh four goals five assists nine points in 13 games this year six points in his last five games four goals two assists obviously with that hat trick he's looked a lot better since like you said needed that Need a lot of production out of Lawton. He's a huge part of this team. And, and, and JVR is going to the All Star game, most likely. He's going to be the Flyers' pick for the All Star game, probably. At, at, at this point, he has to be. Now, does this change your opinion with the with the expansion draft at all? Does this change your opinion on on what veteran player you would want to protect? Like, would you protect JVR at this point? I know it's thirteen games in. I know it's early, but man, is he playing some good fucking hockey? I wouldn't. No. Uh, I don't think he can. I think, especially when you have a lot of contracts due up, like Couturier, Hart, Farabee down the line, like you, this, and you have a chance now to get rid of a $7 million salary and not have to compensate Seattle. Going into this year, I always talked about, oh, let's ship Ghost for a pick so that we could give uh, a pick to Seattle to take JVR and, and maintain our pick. Well, now mm-hmm. this looks like a scenario where Seattle's just going to be like, we want JVR. And yeah, they're going to take outright. him without a pick, and we're going to just maintain our first-round pick. Yeah. Like, I think, it, it, if anything, I think it's this is a dream of what Chuck Fletcher has wanted. This this entire, yeah. I hope, at this least. Is what he, this is what he gambled on for holding out on a potential JVR trade. Because, honestly, if he, and we really, laughed at it. if he really wanted to, he could have traded JVR. Like, looking back on all the bullshit that I said in the, in the other uh, podcast, like, oh, who wants JVR? He's really respected around the league. He really, like... The more and more I really like sit down and and look into it and like really listen to all these players talk, he's really well respected around the league, and I really do think a team would have traded for him if they if they really wanted him. But I don't know, maybe uh maybe Chuck Fletcher held out a little bit, and we did laugh at him, Danny. But now I'm look. gonna yeah I'm gonna formally apologize right now because there was one quote in particular where he said JVR is gonna be a huge contributor for us this year oh, we that just- I openly snickered at i openly laughed at and i'm gonna formally apologize because he has been the biggest contributor on wow the yeah i didn't even like i didn't even like remember that yeah we both fucking laughed at that bro honestly chuck flesher call us the fuck out bro. <laughs> be like liberty yo shut the fuck up but yeah jvr has been hey but we did player. say we did say that if JVR did start improving, we would just be happy because yeah. we are fans of the team. Because some people, like it seems like, have hidden agendas, <laughs> yeah, and when certain dude. players play well, they get upset about it. Yeah, I don't know, bro. I don't know what that's all about, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see fucking number twenty-five come off the wing and put one top right. Like, I was like, what the fuck, bro? That goal was incredible against Washington the other night. He seems to always redirect Eric Gustafson's shots. Like, dude, like, just keep them guys on the same power play unit together. Let Gustafson just honestly just send them in. Honestly, Gus gets it through, dude. He really does. His shot just gets through. Give it and take it, baby. And honestly, I if if yeah, Eric Gustafson is not the best defenseman. No one's arguing that. But if I mean, like, he signed them, right? He's on the team. He's been getting more power play one time. Which I've been honestly advocating for. Like, if he's not going to be the... Like, he's not known as a defenseman, so he needs to be getting... Like, he needs to be making that $3 million some way and somehow. So, like, he needs to be playing power play one minute. So, like, he, he needs to contribute some way because he's not doing that defensively at all. Like, he's... he's He owes us money defensively. <laughs> like, let him earn his $3 million on the PP1 or 
That's what I think. I think Ghost is good, I think. But like you said the other day, let Giroux anchor his own power play. Let Voracek anchor his yeah. own power play. Put Ghost with Voracek on the second one. Let Gustafsson play with Giroux on the on the first one. And for the love of fucking everything that is holy, put Joel Farabee on power play one, please. Either in the slot or on Voracek's wing side on the boards, please. Exactly. Exactly. Like, th- this is what I would do, and I feel like I-, I might just be oversimplifying it. And if I am, like... Whatever. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Playmaker, like like Drew, playmaker. He's gonna have the puck. He's gonna oversee it. You want on the opposite of him, uh, an elite shot. I feel like you want Absolutely. a one timer. Like I don't know. Like why would you? Why do you want another pass first playmaker? I, it's just it, it never made sense to me. And it worked in 2014, 2015, whatever. I don't care. It worked when you have Wayne Simmons because he got the majority of those goals anyway. But like. You, I, I want Farabee on the right side of Giroux, uh, and then I want Voracek on his right wall, and I would like Konechny, a right-handed one-timer shot, opposite of him, quick release. And then, like you said, in the slots, Coots has a nice little snapper from the slot. You can put him on one of the units in the slot. Uh, you can put JVR net front on one, on power play one. And dog, then, dog, you could put Coots at goalie, and I'd be cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> really, dude, that dude's a fucking monster. He could put Coots at goal. <laughs> that dude's a fucking monster, dude. He he probably play all right too. Honestly, he'd probably steal us a game. He probably Coots, Coots. Yeah, dude. Honestly, put Coots at goal. Let Hart play up. Dude, Hart's like a fucking this franchise center. That'd be hilarious. Some E A S H L stuff. <laughs> I know. Fucking... But like, no, seriously though, like playmaker. Opposite of him, one timer in the slot. You put a snap snapper of a shot in front of the net. Put a guy who can redirect the puck, and at the point, put a guy that can shimmy off a guy who's in his face at the point, and put a shot through on net. Like it's, I don't know how it's that hard, but like no, the Flyers insist on doing playmaker, 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 net front guy, uh, not power play specialist defenseman. <laughs> like it, I, I, I never understood it. No, I mean, it's something that we've been talking about in the podcast since last year. It's not a knock on Voracek. Honestly, it's more of a it's, it's more of a compliment to Voracek. Honestly, like go to power play two, anchor your own power play. That is Run the your bitch. that's your fucking baby. Like that's your bitch, bro. Like that is your power play. Power play two is all yours, Voracek. Create any play you want, do whatever the fuck you want. You have ghosts with you, but power play one is Claude Giroux's. Like you said, put a sniper over there. It's something that we've been saying. Like I'm tired of fucking saying it. Like I, I mean, I'm not a fucking NHL coach. Is the reason why AV's the head coach and not me. But like you said, like a sniper over there with Giroux is just it, it's it's so obvious. Like just put a fucking sniper over there with him. He's he, he's only been saucer passing it to dudes on that left side since I was fucking nine years old. Like. Think about how Come many assists on. he has. Think about how many power play goals, power play points Claude Giroux has, and he's never had that sniper. Think about how many point, how many points would he have if he had that sniper? He's never had that. Yeah, he's never had that. That dude with a fucking absolutely lethal shot over there. Yeah, you're right. He's never. I'm trying to think about it. Has he? Like, like I know Hardell had a good shot. Whatever, yeah, yeah, like great that. Shot. I know, but I'm talking about like, I, I know like an mean. elite player. Like, like. Like, someone with a shot of, like, Matthews or, like, Lane or something like that. And yeah, I'm even not, a tad below that, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, the players like Lane. I'm just saying a, a guy with that kind of shot. I, I know exactly Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm not saying Joel Farabee has a shot like Patrick Lane or, or Austin Matthews, but he, he has a great shot. Like, put him over there. One of the best on the team. Yeah. I'll say that for honestly, sure. Honestly. Really, fuck it. Like, 
Like, the power play's got to switch up, dude. Like, that's another thing we need to talk about. And I, I don't know why we haven't even talked about it yet. Power play's fucking abysmal, dude. I'm fucking tired of it. I really yeah. am. It's the same shit every fucking time. Like, and if you if you separate, if you let Giroux and Voracek run their own units, you have two units that basically are disguised as, like, a number one. Like, that power play two unit is, is could be a number one on some teams in the league yeah. if you have Voracek run it. And he's going to be getting the second penalty-killing unit. He's not even going to get, like, the Bergerons. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, they were 0 for 4 against Washington, bro. Yeah, it's 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 declined of late, right? Hasn't One, it? it? It was okay to start. It was okay. Yeah, it was it was it was tolerable to start, and now it's just been awful. They were one of five against Boston in that two-one loss. One of five, fucking brutal. Didn't they have a five-on-three that game? Yeah. One of those? And then they were zero for two the first game against Boston when they won. Uh, when they lost four-three in overtime. Zero for three. Uh, zero for two. So brutal. Like they've been absolutely fucking brutal. There's no way, no way around it. They need to to change something. Listen, you, you can't sit here like when a team is second place in their division, you can't sit back and say, oh, fire the offensive coach. But like Michelle Terry has got to be accountable for this and he's got to fix it. He's got to fix it because that's the well, like one of the main reasons I know five on five plays been shaky, especially in the playoffs last year and to start this year. But one of the main reasons why we didn't advance in that that second round is because the power play completely disappeared. Like you, you can't have it at all. It's, it's it's been it's been reoccurring since last year. And I, I feel like it's not it's it's something that people haven't really been talking about. That it really needs to change. Or or like I don't, I don't like to see anybody lose their job. But like, come on, man! Like, like your job is to fix this power play. No, that's exactly how I feel about. It. Like I remember last year, I was like, oh, well, it's the first year. We gotta be patient. We gotta be like, nah. All right, if it gets you eliminated from a playoff series, and then it's still continuing to not look so hot the next year, then you gotta start. Bro, I've seen nothing different. Like nothing's different from previous years. Like there, it's the same. Like look for the perfect play. Look for the redirection. There's no just quick passing shots. Like one time shots. Like make it, like it's so like. When when Hayes is out there, Hayes kind of does it. I I really like watching that that power play two go to work. But that power play one, huh, they do some of the same fucking shit all the time, man. It's so frustrating. Very predictable. Very predictable. Do you want to get into some around the league yeah, conversation? We gotta talk about Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. We gotta talk about one, it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about so Hexy man, the the guy who on this podcast we have personally thanked on many occasions, and and have said fuck you too. Like don't get don't get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get it twisted for sure. Yeah, like the, it's a love hate relationship with Ron Hextall, but now 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 it, it now there ain't no love no more. Yeah, there ain't no love no more. Because there was an exact quote from uh, Elliot Freeman that came out and said there is end quote like he exactly said there is bad blood. Between the Flyers and Ron, the Flyers brass and Ron Hextall, like the way it ended there was not on good terms. They did not like each other. Hextall alienated a lot of the alumni of the team, and pissed off a lot of the, like. Apparently, Paul Holmgren wants to take the team in, in certain directions at times to transition into a win now mentality, and Hextall was basically like alienating him, saying "fuck you" and just doing things like making moves without his yeah. con- consult. And so, yeah, man, it's buckle up, dude. It's going to be crazy. And then Hextall, what about that Hextall quote? Did you see it where he was like, it's a little different on the manager side of this rivalry because you can't like go over to the other GM box and scrap the GM. Did you yeah. see that quote? Yeah, he said that. He what did the say fuck? That. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, but like, now it's fuck him. But just to, just to like go over what he did bring to this team, all, all of his first-round picks, Travis Sanheim, Ivan Prorob, Konechny, German Robustov, Nolan Patrick, Morgan Frost, Joel Farabee, Jay O'Brien. 
all that's it's all the first round draft picks as as GM of the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not gonna like, hey, like now suddenly like go back on my Ron Hextall takes because he's GM of the Penguins. Like he, I think he did a great job mm-hmm. for what he was brought here to do for the Flyers, and I, I'm kind of scared because I think I think what what this move does. Is I don't think Ron Exel is going to blow it up immediately. But like yeah. what I think is going to happen is now over the next couple of years, the Flyers are probably going to be more dominant than the Penguins and probably going to be going deeper runs than the Penguins. But what scares me is we've always talked about how the Penguins' cupboard is so dry. Like their farm system is so dry so that when, when the Crosby era ends, they're going to be just fucked. Mm-hmm. This is a good move for them because they recognize that and they're basically – not like they're unfucking themselves, bro. Like that's exactly what this move was. Like yeah. they're, they're they're stacking the farm up to to not be that shitty when Crosby leaves. The difference between their previous GM and now their current GM is 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 light years different. And it's that guy didn't like the previous GM didn't give a fuck about the future. He was trade. I mean, like how many times did we see the Penguins trade a first round pick for a a a role player now or a very skilled player. Yeah, now, throw like five picks for fucking Phil Kessel. That's what I'm like saying. The, like, let's just do that. Let's throw a first rounder for Ryan Reeves and uh, an Oscar <laughs> Sundquist. Cause that's yeah. like, that, that trade was bad. And like you said, I, I think they recognize that. I think they realize that Crosby, although he's one of the best ever, doesn't have that much longer. And Malkin's already kind of regressing. I mean, I know he's kind of picked up a little bit, but he has looked bad to start the year. But yeah, I mean, Ron, you got to think he's going to learn from his mistakes with the Flyers and and how he just. I think like, I think some of it had to like here in Philadelphia and and the talent that he put on the NHL roster, like you said previously, was on purpose. Like I I really like don't think he cared that much about the talent that was on the. I think I, I think he put up a charade to act like. I mean, obviously he has to act like he. You have to in this market. The current NHL roster, especially if you're in Philadelphia, I mean, you have to. If we if we realized he was purposely doing that, I think we would have fucking lost it. But I think he's. I, I obviously he cared, but I, I I don't think it was his number one priority to put a a winning team on the ice right now. Was so I think he's gonna learn from that. You gotta think he's gonna learn that. If he, I mean, like we kind of hope he doesn't learn from it because we don't want him to go over there and turn that franchise into a, another fucking dynasty. Like I, I don't want to see the Penguins be good for another ten years again. So I'm happy for him. He's he has a job, but <laughs> Loki hope he uh, doesn't do well. <laughs> if that's if that, if that sounds agree, really yeah. mean. And I really but, respect Brian Burke. He gets a lot of shit in the hockey community because he's kind of like. Like kind of what like Chuck Fletcher was like was touted as when we got him, just like that guy that can go all in and really like sacrifice things. But I think Brian Burke been around the game for a while. He's he's won the Stanley Cups. He's gone on deep runs. I think that's a guy that's just especially paired with a with a good rebuilding GM. I think that that yeah. has potential to be like a really good tandem. I, I, th- it, I think it's gonna be really good for them or really bad for them. No in between. Definitely. What's did you see uh, Burke's quote today about? Pittsburgh and how like the yeah, Pittsburgh's the last team to win with a small fast team. The last three cup winners have been big. They've played with long pants hockey. They play ugly hockey. I think we need to look at that and see. Have we kept up the Joneses here? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that, Pittsburgh. Long pants hockey. Like oh yeah, uh, Tampa. I mean, I I understand what he's saying. Like he's not. Yeah, I was gonna he, say to be honest, he's right. Yeah, he is right. Like, he, he he's not saying replace skilled players with with, with goons who can fight, but. Like, like, he's basically what he's saying is, like, Tampa 
gets swept by Columbus, adds some tough guys, guys that don't take that bullshit and that stand up for their star players, and then they suddenly win a cup. Like, there's a correlation between that. Like, that, that is... like, And there's another reason why you see Toronto playing well now. Now that they actually have some tough guys infused in that lineup and some guys that throw hits and give a shit. See, like, and that's a real thing. That's the argument from that side of Twitter that, like, you hear bitching a lot about how, like, the Flyers are, are, are soft that, like, I can agree with, honestly. Like, the Flyers... It'd be nice to have that kind of player, but like, like we said in previous pods, like, it's really hard to find that kind of player. <laughs> it's yeah, especially like with the whole flat. Like, cap it would have been and... nice to add like a Craig Smith in the off season, but whatever. <laughs> is what it is. Team's still second in the East. Team's still still starting to yep. play well. So uh, is is this stoppage gonna be what halts the veterans again? Because it seems like every oh, year. There's something. Oh, there's some roadblock that comes and stops Man, them from getting in their groove. For... Watch JVR not score for 10 games now after know. he comes back. Nah, I think they'll be all right. I hope so, dude. J- JVR's not only like putting up goals and assists. Like He's doing little things, bro. Like, he's hustling in the neutral zone. Like, he's he's checking dudes after they get rid of the puck. Like, like, he's really into it this year. I'm, it's, it's fucking awesome to see. I'm excited. So- Line already said fuck you to an assistant coach <laughs> in Columbus. Yeah, we don't know if he said fuck you, but he, he got cocky with one, right? Yeah, I mean, but like, I don't know, like, no matter what he said, like, buddy, you just got there. Yeah, I'm you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how, how true is that? Like, was that just a fucking rumor that came out, or was that like, confirmed that he? he said I, I assumed shit? if it was false, like, no, knowing his his camp and the way they be, they get all petty with stuff like that. It would have he would have been like, oh, that's false, that's false, that never happened, and I didn't see any of that. It was never d- denied. Good point. And he accepted his benching. Like that, that quote came out and said, like he was like, yeah, yeah or whatever. Oh, it's towards his team. Dude, whatever. like, like well, well, why's the fuck up, bro? Seriously, professional hockey player. Uh, the, the whole thing, the whole thing's a mess, dude. It really is. Like, and towards like. Uh, like I think point, Win- Winnipeg is cheesing, bro. Winnipeg is like they look good. Winnipeg has looked good without Dubois and Line. Yeah, I was gonna and, fucking mention that, dude. They because they, they, Dubois had the quarantine for all that time. Yeah, they looked good without Line. <laughs> they really did. I they're mean, just Ellers, fine. They're just fine. Ellers, Connell, Connor, Shifley. They got a good team over there. This honestly. might be this might be the better long run move for them. It, it really might be because now they don't have to give him eleven million to stay in that small market, and they maybe can go out and shape up that defense core a little bit more, and then have a stacked fucking team again with Connor Hellebuck on the back. Yeah, man. Like you always look at Winnipeg, and you're like, they have all these skilled guys, they have all these great players, they got a great uh, goalie, and then you just look at the defense, and you're like, okay, that's why they haven't done anything. <laughs> that's why I have not done anything with all these talented players around them. That defense definitely needs to shape up, but yeah, I mean that's definitely possible. Yeah. It's exciting. It, it their defense shouldn't be this bad. Like remember no. Truba won it out, and then Bufflin yeah. just just dipped. He just retired and was like, I don't, I'm not playing anymore. All this and drama then, is fucking funny, bro. <laughs> fucking Lonnie Dubois, like fucking three games in, and Lonnie's already benched. I thought that's incredible. Like, wh- I think what are the chances? These are the kind of storylines hockey needs, though. These are like NBA type storylines. Like, like Lane says, "Fuck you to assistant." <laughs> yeah, Lane is benched. Like Dubois, like even like Dubois shift where he like stopped trying. Yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. that like this is bad. this is that was terrible. That, bro, if he, could you imagine if a play, if a player in Philly did that, bro? If Konechny did that, he's 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 shipped. He's shipped immediately. Philadelphia's not taking that. Are you kidding me? Like you are literally dead to Philadelphia if you do some shit like that. It, it, like Philadelphia, yeah. there's a city that like you cannot like you don't even have to be skilled. 
like we're just the type of city like if you put your heart in and like if like and then you stand up for yourself like like we really rock with you the whole way like we have whatever like look at mike scott you know what i mean yeah that's the prime example of that it really is philly rocks bro philly will roll with you as long as you roll with us (laughs) honestly it's how we are Montreal is cooling down, but they start the year hot. Josh Anderson, great addition for them. That's yeah. turned out to be. That, I would um, love him. Yeah, the, the, like, like we, that's the perfect tough perfect. guy addition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like people, like to the to the people that said like, oh, we should have went out and got him. Like we we didn't have the space, <laughs> you know. Like could have made it. Really like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, with the flat cap, could you have? I mean, what team is going out there and like taking your cap dump? In the middle of the, the pandemic off season, I don't know. Like after taking all the bubble losses, I mean, like I feel, I who, feel like if he could have done it, he would have done it. I mean, like, look at Vancouver; they they got rid of Schmidt because they needed to make a cap dump. And I know Schmidt's a good player, but I mean, like, if the Flyers really wanted to go out and get Aronson, they they could have easily went out and got Aronson. They just didn't want to. Chuck was just comfortable with what he had. Whether that's the right move or the wrong move, that's another discussion. But the fact that they didn't go out and get a guy like that. Like they could have easily did it, in my opinion, if they really wanted to. Yeah, I just don't think so because, like, if you don't sign Braun, then you're gonna have to go out and get another defenseman, and then he's probably gonna make the same amount as Braun. So, like, there's no really getting out of signing a defenseman to that deal. JVR's making seven. That that trade was never gonna happen in the off season. Voracek, Giroux, they so like, weren't like ever gonna really, go anywhere in the off season. Like you really don't think you could have found like anybody to take Ghost if you run to to go run at Aronson or something. Maybe because that provides no flexibility, and like we wouldn't have had enough to get like Braun or resign Phil Myers or an AK, like, or potentially Pitlick, like if we're talking about back in the offseason. Like, it's just I don't think it would have been feasible because yeah. we have we have a guy making eight, we have two guys making eight, we have a guy making six point seven five on defense, mm-hmm. we have another guy making seven on forward, and then another guy making seven on forward. Like, we we have a lot of big contracts. Yeah, I mean, and Josh Anderson, Kevin Hayes is seven one. That's what Anderson makes. Anderson's deal is like pretty much the same as Hayes, and I don't think we could tack on another Hayes deal after. The no, Hayes definitely deal. not. I, I I didn't know Anderson had that big of a cap. But uh, yeah, Montreal's fun to watch. They really dude, are. Dude, yeah, they're real fun to watch. They're like the perfect uh, blend of of physical play, skill play, and obviously they have a great goaltender. And then they got a solid defense and Petrie, awesome. Weber is Weber, so yeah, they got a solid team over there. Yeah, for sure. Perfect mesh of young and old. Yeah, they also have like that good balance of just like like you're not gonna fuck with us. Like they have, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. something like like the Flyers have admittedly been missing, really have, and we we've said that plenty of times. Canucks though, on the other hand, yeah, the team, up? the team, that what's team up? that we thought like was gonna make a deep deep run this year does not look good. They mm-hmm. do not look good. Most of their wins have come against the Ottawa Senators, and the other games they have looked terrible. I don't know what's going on with them. I what's really don't. Uh, Anderson makes five five. Oh, does he make five five? Five five. Ma- maybe we could have made that, it happen. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, uh, I still don't think I'm so. I'm going back on it. Could have made it happen if you wanted to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, it, it would have been. If hard. it was a seven million dollar contract, yeah, I could agree with you. Five five. If you really wanted Josh Anderson, you could have out. Could have went out and got him. But that's another story. But yeah, gotta, Vancouver playing. Domino's got to fall the right way. Like that's a seven-year deal. Like yeah, huge, huge deal. But like, don't know if you would have taken took like took in a seven-year deal here. Like it, it might have been different. I don't know. But yeah, Vancouver playing like shit, bro. Like didn't really like they were one of my picks to come in this year and and, and really take another step. They they added Holpe, they added Nate Schmidt, 
I really thought that they were going to take that next step because they got a really – they're another team that I look at. Like, they're a perfect men, uh, mesh of young and old. Patterson, Besser, uh, Bella Horvat's a little bit older, but they're a solid team, but they're not playing well right now. Yeah, like, I was under the impression that they were, like, a complete team. Like, they they, they felt, like, kind of complete to me. Like, good goalies, mm-hmm. good forward group, defense looks good, Kind of good sucks coaching. to see McDavid, though. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. This sucks for everyone in that Canadian division. I know, dude. I know. Honestly, other than that, though, like, we were – uh, no, the the Ducks division. That's an mm-hmm. awful division, bro. Should, should, should I bring that off again? Yeah, why quick? not? Yeah. So, like, because we were getting into the fact that, uh, like, we were brain, before the show, we were talking about the Braden Shen trade, and we were, like, comparing him and Farabee's points. We were like, we were like well, Farabee might have more than him now, and he does by one. But, like, I was like, well, well, Shen gets to play against fucking Anaheim, Arizona, Minnesota, San Jose, L.A. <laughs> and then, like, while Farabee, literally, like, the last place team is Buffalo in the East, and they whooped our ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 6-1, bro. Bad. <laughs> so, it's... Yeah, the, the level of comp... But, like, we knew that going in. I mean, it's always that way with our division anyway, even in a non... Pandemic year, it's always harder for us to make the playoffs in other division. But that 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 division's just. Yeah. I wish we were in that one. I really wish we were in that one. So do I. I mean, uh, the last place team in that division is LA. They're four and six. The last place team in our division is Buffalo. They're four and four. So four four and two. Yeah, that, that division sucks. <laughs> Buffalo four four. Dude, dude, the Devils only played nine. Damn man, the COVID the COVID stoppage yeah. roof. Yeah, they've been really burned by that. Devils, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, we had, had like sixteen dudes on the COVID list at one point, I think. And then, then the NHL like go forward with a, another game the next day. Th- like before they had, I, th- I think it was before they had the sixteen. I, I'm, I'm not too sure. If, if, yeah. if it was the full sixteen, and then they were like, "Yeah, let's go play a game," they're pretty stupid for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ottawa, I see you on the outline. Ottawa and Detroit still suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fun though. Ottawa's like they suck. But they're fun to watch. Same with Detroit. Detroit's much better. Much, much better. Last year, they were literally yeah. one of the worst teams of all time. <laughs> and this year, I feel like they're just a normal, bad yeah. team. And But, yeah, I, I think Detroit, like, they're they're not trying to impress anybody. Like, they know what they're doing. They got Yeisman there for a reason. He built up the Lightning. He's going to try to build up the Red Wings yeah. just the same. If I was the Detroit fan, I'm like, yeah, we suck right now. But, I mean, I would look – honestly, if I was the – a Detroit fan, I try to have fun every night as much as I possibly could. I would look at guys like Larkin and be like, okay, that's who I need to fo- like focus my energy on yeah. for the next. Mantha. Yeah. yeah. All, Zadina. Bertuzzi. All Bertuzzi's Luke, really good. Luke, they got like Lucas Raymond in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they got a yeah. trust in the Eisenman. They're going to be a good team in like three, four years. Mark my words. Record this. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I'll send it to you three, four years. You want to wrap this one up? Yeah, let's wrap this one up. Fuck it's it. been a- episode 52. Um, hopefully we have more news on the return, or hopefully hockey will have returned by episode 53. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at the Liberty Yell. Follow me at TLY Danny. Follow Chris at Chris Stumps. Yes, sir. And go Flyers. Go Florida.